Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. I'm about to resume my conversation with Ken Tice, the Director of Michigan's Department of Information Technology and the state's Chief Information Officer. In the first of our two-part interview, Tice discussed the creation of a state-owned data center which will host cloud computing applications for governments of all sizes in Michigan, as well as some private enterprises. We'll discuss Michigan's approach to cloud computing later in this conversation. But first, I asked Tice about Michigan's deployment of Einstein, the federal government's intrusion detection system. We feel very honored. We are the first state in the country to work with the Department of Homeland Security and actually moving, not only uh, piloting the Einstein product, but actually moving forward in production. So earlier this year, in the January timeframe, we went in production with the Einstein program. Obviously, as you know, Einstein is used throughout the entire federal government to really monitor and analyze indicative threat throughout the, the federal network. We feel honored because we are the first state in the country where they have expanded that network to include a state. And so we've been under the benefit of that program since uh, January of this year. This would be Einstein 2, intrusion detection. Einstein 2, that's correct. Tell us what you found so far. The analytics that the Department of Homeland Security has been able to provide to us has been tremendous. To give you an idea of, you know, what we see in Michigan on a daily basis, uh, I'll throw some stats out there to give you an idea of what we see come through our networks every single day. So on a daily basis, we block 195,000 email and spam messages. We block over 25,000 web defacement attempts. We block about 12,000 scanning attempts, about 18 thousand internet browser compromise attempts and about 17,000 IPS blocks. You know, what this has really done is highlighted a number of those emails or web attempts, uh, defacement attempts, or scanning attempts. So it's really what it's done. We've had some, we have obviously some great systems here in Michigan, but this is really providing a state-of-the-art, not only technology, but analytics to be able to find those things that maybe our current systems and our current processes haven't been able to find. You have these numbers. Can you give me an example to what you do with these numbers to, to tighten up security? The bottom line is we look at these numbers on a monthly basis, obviously, to try to analyze the numbers and figure out what these numbers mean to us. We're looking for classification of threats that maybe we haven't seen before, and we're trying to get in front of it. Obviously, the numbers, when you take a look at it, these numbers are, are typically all after the fact, but the, the big issue around security is predictive analysis, right? Predicting, based on these numbers, what type of uh, threats we're seeing and how do we get in front of it. The big issue for us, is in looking at the trends of these numbers. Anything about these numbers that surprised you? No. I think the overall thing that I think uh, Einstein has taught us, to be very frank with you, I think we believe we're one of the best in the country as it relates to our intense security program. I think what Einstein has taught us is that even if you think you're good, there's always opportunities to get a lot better. And I think Einstein has just taken us uh, up a couple notches because it's really providing us vision into a whole nother level of threats that current processes and our current systems aren't currently capable. And with that, so what we try 
try to do is not only understand that, but we're trying to understand how can we continue to enhance the technology tools and the solutions and some of our predictive analytics tool sets to be able to close that gap, to get us to where we're operating at a higher level on a daily basis. Because as you know, the threats don't go away. The bad guys just get smarter, and we have to continue to up our game like they are upping their game. Can you provide an example or two of changes and processes or deployment of, of resources, employees that you've done since getting this data and analyzing the data from Einstein? Probably not a very specific one, but I can tell you that things that we're finding with Einstein just are not things that we're finding with our current tool set. Unfortunately, I'm not close enough to it to probably give you a specific example, but the bottom line is today we're finding things because of that Einstein tool set and because, more importantly, of the analytics that Department of Homeland Security does. You know, things that we're not seeing here, but then in our technology that uh, we're starting to see some of those trends come into our um, organization. So not only trying to see what's going on in our networks and getting a better glimpse of what's happening, but it's also understanding from DHS what's happening throughout the country, what they're seeing, and making sure that our tools, our processes, and our people are in front of those challenges before they get here. Anything else you'd like to add? A lot of people talk about cloud computing uh, as a way to save money, and I would tell you that's true. But for Michigan, it really isn't our key driver. For Michigan, it's about agility. It's about meeting our customer demands quicker and faster. And a great example, Eric, I'll talk to you about is, you know, we recently worked with our civil service commission in looking at a e-recruitment tool, an HR human resource recruitment tool, how do we recruit new employees? Our teams looked at that and said, you know, yeah, we could do that project. It would probably be, you know, four to five million dollars, and we could probably do it over a two to three year time frame. And we looked at that. But then we also looked at the cloud and saw that there was a provider out there called NeoGov. Today, that system's in place. We identified that system, we procured it, and we implemented it. And a third less time, in probably a third less money than we would have done if we would have built a house. Yeah, we saved a little bit of money, but the real issue is, rather than taking three years to deliver a solution for our key customer, the Civil Service Commission, it literally took us six to eight months to implement that solution. Our big thing here in Michigan is about agility, using the cloud to get solutions to our clients faster. And our Michigan government cloud computing framework says we're going to do this in a way consistently throughout our entire state government. So we're dealing with the cloud computing technology providers in a consistent and stable way. So we're doing cloud computing efficiently, but we're also doing it in a way that's going to allow it to be a stable and secure environment. And Eric, the reason why I bring that up, everybody talks about cloud computing and about saving a ton of money. And I'm going to say it does save some money. It doesn't, I don't think it saves the amount of money that most people think it does. But I really, the real issue, I mean, what most people don't want to talk about is that information technology organizations seen by most of its customers are seen to be slow in meeting their needs. That is the greatest advantage of cloud computing is the agility, our ability to meet their needs, put solutions in place in a much quicker and a timelier fashion that meets their needs uh, versus a two- to three-year time frame. And how would you rate the security of these kind of services that you've been vetting? Well, I think the bottom line is that's a real issue. I mean, cloud computing providers all have completely a different set of requirements in those five key areas that we talked about. 
they all define those things that we talked about earlier differently, right? They all define ownership and security and some of the legal issues and location issues and SLAs. They all define those in their own very unique way. What we have with our cloud computing framework is actually a formal document. So when we go to cloud, we're going to the cloud consistently. We're asking those providers to meet our requirements, not the other way around. This criteria that you're establishing, these five areas, how are you working with other states so there's certain conformity, whether it's through NASIO, which is the National Association of State CIOs, or some other kinds of organizations? It's a great question because, in the end of the day, all of the states operate the same way. The Michigan Cloud Computing Framework could correlate literally throughout the country. It's a great question, and it's one that NASIO is collaborating on in making sure that there is some level of standardization. So, as it relates to our specific cloud computing framework, we just published that, and we have had a number of states that have asked us that. But one of the key things that NASIO is going to be doing as we move forward is working with another other couple of documents that other states have done and coming up with a standard that's out there that states can can decide whether or not they want to leverage or not. Uh, NASIO typically is, you know, provides that advice, but it does not typically come out with a, an overall standard. So we're looking to leverage that. There's some other components of a framework together. So there is a baseline when states do want to look at the cloud. How do they do it in a consistent and stable manner? Thank you, Ken. All right, Eric, cool. Well, it's been great. Thank you for the opportunity today. I've been speaking with Ken Tice, Director of the Michigan State Office of Technology and the State's Chief Information Officer for GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.